Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. Already made it to the hump day because Monday being a holiday, this week is flying by. And before you know it, we'll have tomorrow, Thursday night, college football. I know Louisville is in action against Murray State. And then, of course, headed into the weekend, a full week two slate of college football, including Indiana and Indiana State. This is one of the games on the schedule that I think most everybody predicts IU to win. And to be quite honest, it's a must-win game. And I think it's going to be an important game for Indiana because the feeling is, based on maybe some things Coach Allen has hinted at in press conferences, but other folks that follow IU football a lot closer than I do, that both quarterbacks are going to get an opportunity against Indiana State. And this could be kind of the defining game where somebody maybe gets the nod as quarterback number one uh, after this Indiana State game. So a really important stretch for Indiana. When you're in the Big Ten and you're in the division of the Big Ten that IU football is, these non-conference games are so very important. And, of course, coming up very quickly, a game against Louisville. So Louisville in week one, the first half, uh, I thought, man, maybe Indiana can make it a game with them. Second half, uh, Coach Brom led them to a big charge, and they looked pretty good. So we'll find out more about Louisville this week, and I know a lot of people will be paying attention to that game on Thursday night because that is who the Hoosiers will have up. Of course, Louisville's supposed to beat Murray State, much like Indiana supposed to beat Indiana State, which would set up the Week 3 game at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. So I think, uh, you know, it's not a sexy opponent, which is probably a good thing for IU football. It's a game that they should win. They've got to win, but um, it's going to be a defining game potentially for Indiana. Can they get the first win of the season? Not only can they get the win, but do they do it in dominant fashion? That can tell us a little bit as well. And also, it's another week of Big Ten football. As we get into the first two, three, four weeks of the season, when you've got a lot of non-conference games with a mix of some conference games as well, it's always fun to kind of gauge other opponents, conference opponents, on Indiana's schedule that they will take on a little bit later in the year. So, And Ohio State beating Indiana 23-3, are they the real deal? Are they as good as what... 
Uh, they were projected to be in the offseason as far as the conference and the overall uh, world of college football goes. We'll find out more about the Buckeyes as week two and week three uh, get here as well. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one, we have our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. We're going to take some time to talk about this big weekend of college basketball recruiting and visits coming to Bloomington. I know the focus by a lot of fans will be on the IU-Indiana State football game, but that is going to be the, I guess, the the sideshow maybe for some, for the basketball people, uh, to a humongous recruiting weekend. College football brings out the students and the environment, the atmosphere, I'm sure for the college kids, lots of parties and gatherings as well before, during, and probably after the games. So a chance for these recruits to see what Indiana uh, officially and unofficially is all about. Uh, But lots of big names there. And I forget who said this, uh, somebody last week, earlier this week, this really may be the biggest recruiting weekend overall. I mean, not just for, for one specific player that I can remember, maybe ever, but definitely in a long time. And I remember when Romeo was headed to his official visit, everybody was on edge. Everybody wanted to know what, you know, how it went, what was going on. But this is a whole slate of really good players in the 2020-14 class. And Liam McNeely, uh, and people believe Indiana is the favorite or does have at least a lean uh, from Liam McNeely. Derek Queen, what a get he would be. The Montverde connection, could it continue to grow? That's been really good for Indiana. Could it get even better? A big, big weekend with a number of guys on campus. And I'll tell you more about this here in our headlines in a second. But the Indiana folks, the social media folks, the marketing folks, I don't know who they are, what they do, what their title is, but they do a really good job promoting stuff within the rules of the NCAA. So I'll mention that to you coming up here as well. Also, we'll look at high school football for week three. Great to have on Coach McDonald of Providence yesterday and hear about Providence's big start. Uh, Of course, it's the town championship in Clarksville this Friday, but I'll tell you where I'll be next Friday. I will be at the Providence-Charlestown game. That is going to be a good one, Uh, a big kind of of mid-season matchup. Hard to believe we could talk about mid-season football already, but that is how quick things move. But Providence and Charlestown could be a good one, at least should be one of the better matchups on paper as far as successful teams, competitive teams, teams with some promise here in the area. That's going to be a fun matchup when we get to week four. Later in the show, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star will join. We'll talk IU basketball and football. We'll get into some college football as well. And I also want to touch on Team USA in the FIBA World Cup of Basketball. Um, Hadn't had a chance to see a lot of their games, but they are moving through the tournament, I think headed to a semifinal round on Friday morning. If I remember correctly, I don't think their opponent was set, or at least as of last night. All the games take place at such a weird time based on where they're being played at, Uh, but I don't think their semifinal opponent has been set just yet unless it happened overnight with some of these crazy early morning game times, at least here in the United States. But they actually lost a game, Uh, so can USA bounce back? Can they still win the World Cup of basketball? Are they still the favorite 
uh, of the World Cup of Basketball. Dustin keeps an eye on that stuff, and we'll chat a little bit about that with him in addition to IU and other stuff when he joins us later today. And then Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, he'll be with us later in the hour. We'll get ready for week three. We'll talk about some other headlines in local sports. Lots of things to get to here on this Wednesday edition of the program. Why not try Honey Baked Ham in New Albany today for a delicious lunch? Great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily will surely satisfy any craving you may have. You may even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open. That number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold, thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, All 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And speaking of text, just had a text from our great friend Mitchell Speedy, and he said uh, the U.S. plays Germany 8.40 a.m., on Friday morning. So there you go. A great way to start your Friday, uh, U.S. and Germany. And that is a semifinal game, I believe. And the World Championship game, the World Cup Championship game, I think it's scheduled for uh, 8.30, 8.40 on Sunday morning. So all these games, I mean, U.S. has had games that tip off at 4.30, uh, 8.30 have been two of the regular tip-off times. It's just it's hard if you're a working person to keep those kind of hours and watch basketball. But fun to keep up with. We'll see if USA can bounce back here in the tournament round and maybe get a gold medal at the World Cup of Basketball. But 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Love to hear from you. Love to get your questions, your comments. It can be IU. It can be football, basketball, recruiting. It can be local sports. Uh, high school football, whatever it may be, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Indiana gearing up for a really big weekend of official campus visits. Probably none bigger, though, than Liam McNeely, who last weekend had his first official visit for a senior year official visit when he visited Kansas over the Labor Day weekend. Of course, McNeely is six foot seven. He's what's called a point forward out of Richardson, Texas, but he plays at Montverde, which is the basketball factory down in Florida. At Pierce, as you would expect, Kansas was able to wine and dine him. Uh, he had positive comments about the campus and uh, so many different things, uh, as always, reports that come out. And uh, he is now headed to Bloomington this week. It will kind of be, I would say, the focal point of the uh, trip. There's going to be some other really good players with him this weekend, but I think fans know that he is interested in Indiana. In Indiana, there's a lot of rumors about maybe a commitment to Indiana, but he kind of surprised people by adding some additional visits. Uh, Indiana was the one he had set up. Then he added the Kansas visit over the Labor Day weekend, and he's going to go home to his home state of Texas for his final official visit, which is scheduled for September 22nd through the 24th, coming up a little bit later in the month. But again, a lot of people still think Indiana is the team to beat for McNeely. This visit, I would think, could be huge for Indiana. 
He's going to be a focal point by the fans at the football game, and you can bet as he comes in and out of Memorial Stadium, um, as he goes anywhere to have lunch or dinner or out to a party with friends or uh, I should say the basketball team that's going to escort him around, I'm sure. He is going to be the focal point of the weekend. Of course, Derek Queen will also be in attendance as well. Some other big names coming to campus this weekend. So a monster opportunity for Indiana to showcase the campus and the program. You can bet that they will pull out all stops to make sure that he understands the academic and the athletic side. Also, just the you know, the normal life of a college student, which is pretty good in Bloomington. And uh, so we'll see how it goes. But kudos to the IU people. I don't know if it's the, the basketball people, probably in the athletic department, the marketing department, social media. Uh, this weekend, for these recruits that are coming to town, they created, you know, a, a, <laughs> a graphic. It's a bus coming at you on the road. And the header above the bus, you know how it normally says next stop, whatever, headed, whatever the next uh, place that the bus will stop is. You see them on TARC buses here locally. It says next stop Bloomington, official visit week. And the driver of the bus, you can see a silhouette of him, is none other than Coach Mike Woodson uh, in the driver's seat with his arms crossed. And then to the right of that, they've got like a, a bus ticket, a full weekend fair, Indiana basketball. It's got each player's name, so Leah McNeely. Hoosier Bus Company, and it's got a scan uh, barcode there to scan as you get on the bus. So creative stuff. And the interesting thing is they send this stuff out to the players, like Liam McNeely. They can do that. And then McNeely and Queen and others, they will tweet this stuff, share it on Instagram, share it on Facebook, other social media channels. And then fans get on there, Indiana fans encouraging them, welcoming them, Uh, to campus, excited about them being there, and you get the flip side of it. You get the Kansas people and the Texas people and McNeely's uh, side of things because those are the other two schools he's visiting, obviously saying that he shouldn't go to Indiana and he should go to Texas. So, But kudos to uh, IU's marketing people, IU's social media people. Uh, They always do a tremendous job and getting ready for this huge weekend in Bloomington. Uh, it's it's every little detail counts, that's for sure. Uh, one other recruiting note, Austin Swartz, who was an IU target in 2024, uh, announced his commitment yesterday afternoon to Miami of the ACC. No surprise there. I think that's where most of the national recruiting guys in the last few days projected him to go, but he was definitely someone, I think he had previously taken a visit to Indiana. Indiana had watched him on and off for some time, uh, he was right in the mix. But as things go this time of year, you get into September, October, you get ready for your senior year of high school basketball. A lot of players uh, want to make a decision. They want to get that out of the way. They want to know where when high school hoops comes to an end. And shortly after that, all of a sudden it's May and high school graduation is here. They want to know where they're going. So that's why I think it's an important time. We know that. Uh, for Indiana this month and probably even next to see if they can land a commitment or two. Keep in mind, as it stands right now, here in early September, Indiana has no commitments in the 2024 recruiting class. So Liam McNeely, could he be the first uh, Hoosier to commit to the IU program? We shall see how things play out. But a big weekend ahead, that's for sure. Got a chance yesterday to see Romeo Langford. He's back in town. We saw him on social media at the IU football game, the IU-Ohio State game 
last weekend, but he's back in New Albany, or at least has been, uh, getting some workouts in. He was actually working out yesterday with Josh Jefferson, who was a, a couple years older than him at New Albany, but obviously a key cog and a starter on the New Albany State Championship basketball team. So neat to see both of those guys. Josh has been playing overseas the last few seasons and is still working to find out what his opportunities could be for the upcoming season. But uh, Romeo looking good, very positive about the opportunity to go to Utah and said he knew some people there previously, which obviously you would uh, maybe connect that to Danny Ainge, who he got to know and who drafted him at Boston. Uh, But uh, best wishes to him. And it was great to see him back in his hometown. And as Romeo does when he's in New Albany especially, I saw a group of Girl Scouts that were in the gym, and they recognized Romeo. They wanted to get a picture with him, and Romeo was, I guess, finishing up a workout. Uh, But he obviously was all smiles and took time to take a quick picture with the Girl Scout troop that was there. So uh, that's just who Romeo has been here in New Albany and southern Indiana. But it was great to catch up with him yesterday. And great to see the pictures on social media of him at IU with all the former players. Rob Finnessy obviously left Indiana, went to Cincinnati, uh, still has a great connection with the IU program. He's been back in Bloomington now a number of times, but kind of weird to see photos of those two guys as they move on to adult life and want to keep basketball obviously involved in that adult life. But those two guys played against each other in the 4A state championship game back in 2016. So kind of the interesting connections there, but uh, good to see Romeo back hanging out with some of the younger guys, a a big group of former players there this past weekend, taking some photos. I saw Mike Woodson in some photos with him, Calbert Chaney, IU great in some photos with some of the guys as well. Of course, he too is a former player, just a little older than some of the others in the picture, but definitely one of the greats at Indiana. One high school sports note last night, Floyd Central and Providence in girls' soccer, two of the better teams here in southern Indiana, and they played to a 2-2 tie Tuesday night at Providence. So uh, two good teams always in the local girls' soccer scene playing to a tie last night in a big Tuesday night rivalry girls' soccer game. High school football coming up this week. We'll talk more about that later in the show with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. But this week, it's Charlestown. They will be at North Harrison, Clarksville. They have the town championship game they will host against Providence. Also, Floyd Central in action. They take on Seymour, which I tell you what, Seymour, 2-1, and one, the uh, Owls with two Hoosier Hills Conference wins. Floyd Central, 2-1. and one. They've got no Hoosier Hills Conference wins. This will be the first Hoosier Hills game of the season for the Highlanders, so it's a big one. Can Floyd Central spoil the early conference success that Seymour has enjoyed? We'll see how things play out on Friday. Jeffersonville still looking for their first win. They are going to go across the river and play Louisville Fern Creek on Friday night. New Albany coming down to earth after playing at Franklin and hosting a really loaded Christian Academy of Louisville team. They got their first win, 41-20, a good one last Friday over Jennings County. And the Dogs have another winnable game this week. They'll take on 
one and two Bedford North Lawrence that game at BNL. New Albany also sporting a one and two record. So Steve Cooley's group could get to 500 here early in the season with a Friday win at Bedford. Providence, uh, we mentioned they're going to play Clarksville, the town championship. They are rolling with a three and zero record. I think everybody would pick them to beat Clarksville handily on Friday night, which would set up a four and zero Providence team very likely heading in to take on a 3-1 Charlestown team uh, a week from this Friday night in week four of the season. And to wrap up this Friday, week three, Silver Creek will host Eastern Pekin uh, on Friday night. Silver Creek 1-2 this season, but an opportunity to even things out. They'll take on 1-2 Eastern Pekin at the new stadium, the new field on the campus of Silver Creek High School. Producer Justin Kalen tells me that he'll have the Seymour and Floyd Central game on Friday night. That will be on one of our sister stations, 94.7 WFIA. I think that'll be a good game, and we'll see how it goes for Floyd Central. The Highlanders showing some promise, and Seymour has been really solid, uh, even in their loss to Greenwood in Week 1. They've had a really good season so far. So a good one on Friday. If you can't make it out to Seymour and Floyd Central, or you're headed to another game, lock in with Justin on 94.7 for the Floyd Central game coming up on Friday. We'll head to a commercial break. Break. We're back with Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star, IU football and basketball and recruiting. A little bit on USA and the FIBA World Cup of basketball as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dyson. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Wednesday edition of the program. Thornton's text line always open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. He's the Pacers beat writer for the Star, and he's with us Wednesdays. We talk IU football, basketball, college sports, and more. But let's start with, I guess you'd call it the professionals. I know the Pacers have a representative on Team USA uh, can USA win the FIBA World Cup of Basketball? I know they lost a game a little surprising back in the pool round, but now in bracket play headed to a semifinal against Germany on Friday. Can USA finish this thing off? Well, they got a bit great by the fact that the team that beat them in pool play, uh, Lithuania got eliminated uh, yesterday morning. Uh, well, yesterday morning for us, but before they played, uh, they got beat by Serbia, which was big. You know, the, the real weakness for this team, uh, it's just not that big. It's just not that physical comparatively. Um, you know, basically, obviously you're seeing the effect of the NBA being uh, a more perimeter-oriented league and having fewer centers that are really, really big guys uh, in the league. And uh, Jonas, Val- Jonas Valanciunas, who's one of the biggest guys in the league, uh, really beat them up. I mean, I think that uh, uh, Lithuania had, I think, 18 offensive rebounds to the United States 18, and that was the biggest reason. They also made their first nine threes. Uh, so that really helped their cause, but they're out, uh, and so that really helped. So they do have two more, you know, 
there would be two more in their way. Uh, obviously, they will play Germany uh, in the semifinals Friday. That's not going to be an easy one. They had a tough time with them, and they played a showcase against them. You know, actually, the probably the biggest issue they have is dealing with a guy who's also on the pace of Daniel Tice, who I expected to be traded this offseason, but wasn't. Um, but he's a really big physical guy, not as big as Valanciunas is, but he's a guy that can set really hard screens, really box out, you know, really tough guy to get around uh, if you don't have a ton of size in there. I mean, after, uh, you know, Jaron Jackson has been the starting center, and after that they're looking at Pablo Bancaro, who's, you know, Pablo Bancaro, who's obviously more um, of a power forward, and Walker Kessler, who's really the only true center, and he's, you know, going into his second year uh, in the NBA, you know, with, with an all-rookie guy, but still he's not uh, that physically developed like a, a Valanciunas is, you know, got to be 30 and he's humongous. Um, so they still have a chance of losing to Germany. They've got some other guys, the Wagner brothers uh, of, of Michigan, uh, Laura Franz and, and Moritz, and also Dennis Schrader. So that is a no-joke team in Germany. Uh, and if they get past them and if Canada, you know, Serbia is no-joke either, but if Canada wins, Canada's got a heck of a team. They just beat uh, Luka Doncic and Slovenia team this morning. Um, and was really impressed by just the, you know, the depth that they have. I mean, it, it's almost all NBA guys uh, on that roster. Obviously, Shai Gildas Alexander was an all-NBA first-team guy this year. He's been spectacular. He's probably been the best player in the tournament. Uh, he's actually outshined Luka a little bit, I think. Uh, R.J. Barrett, I think, is, is certainly is still a really, really good player. Dylan Brooks and Luke and Stortz give, give you two really, really good defenders. They've got sh- good shooting out of Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Um, you know, Zach Eadie's on that team is not playing very much, but still you've got some size in there. Um, Kelly Olnick, um, there's one more big I'm forgetting, but they've got a lot of talent on that team. It's not going to be an easy one to push around. Um, so if it, if it is a U.S.-Canada final, that's not a guarantee that the U.S. is going to win it. Canada's obviously driven by the fact they've never gotten this far before. Uh, you know, Canadian basketball has come a long way in the last decade. So uh, the, there are two really big hurdles for the United States, but I think they can. They played really well, obviously, like, Getting past that, uh, you know, hiccup against Lithuania, uh, were phenomenal against Italy. Just overran those guys. It's just a question of can they, if, if they can out athlete you, if they can, if they can turn into a track meet, they can beat you. Uh, that's what the U.S. does really well. Halliburton, in particular, when he's on the floor, they really get to run uh, when he's pushing the ball, uh, and you know, when he's pushing the pace, that's what he loves to do. That's what he does for the Pacers all the time. Uh, he's just made some phenomenal passes, but just done a really good job whenever he's in the game of pushing tempo. So if they can. So get some steals, even just get some defensive rebounds. Just not, you know, be dealing with a set defense. Uh, they're real. They're a real problem. They're they're a really tough team to deal with. So they can absolutely win it. But uh, I, you know, any of the four teams left can win it too. Absolutely, Dustin Dopierak, the Indianapolis Star, starting off with USA in the World Cup of Basketball semifinal on Friday morning and the World Championship game Sunday morning, which, as Dustin said, could very likely be a United States-Canada final. Let's get into IU basketball, Dustin. Everybody buzzing about a huge weekend of visitors coming in, led by Liam McNeely from Montverde Academy, who is a big target, has been for some time, of Indiana. A lot of people think there's a chance, a decent chance, he ultimately becomes a Hoosier. But these official campus visits are so very important. So I've had a lot of people this week with all the recruiting talk here in the middle of football season and the start of college football. What all goes on during an official visit? What are schools allowed to do, allowed to pay for that may they may not be able to uh, do during an unofficial visit or just a regular visit for a game? Yeah, I mean, you can take them to dinner off, off campus. That's, that's a big thing, obviously. I mean, that's, that's why... You end up with guys at Yonkos and whatnot. I mean, that's pretty frequent. I think that's been the go-to over the years. Um, you know, you can you can pay for a lot of stuff when it comes to meals. I mean, I think 
I I can't remember what the travel is the, the deal in terms of like can you pay for I think I think you can pay for their flight and you can pick them up uh, I think is sort of the deal I mean you can't um, I, there was a joke I mean not even a joke basically Mike Woodson needed to be told early on that you cannot send a private jet to pick them up you have to pay for their commercial tickets still <laughs> um, that was sort of a thing that uh, and I did a did a alumni magazine profile on him. The Kenya Hunter told me that. He said, we have to tell him over and over again, Coach, you can't do that. And the kids know that, so they don't sign up and they don't feel cheated because they know the rules. Um, but Mike Woodson had to be informed that you cannot send your own team private jet or a private plane to their house or whatever or to you know their closest, uh, I guess, airfield uh, to put them on a private jet to bring to your campus. You have to put them on a commercial airline, which generally means going to pick them up in Indianapolis. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think, I, I know just, I think the biggest difference in the official is just, like I said, it's what you could pay for. I know the meals is a big part of that. Um, I think any campus travel is a big part of that. Obviously they can put you up in a hotel, um, you know, and, you know, take care of your parents and all that kind of stuff. Basically everything of, of it is, is paid for. Um, basically everything with your official visit, uh, the school takes care of. So as far as I understand, I don't know if there's anything that they don't do. I don't think they can yeah, as far as I know, I'm trying to think of anything that doesn't count in that. Um, but, yeah, that's when they take you out to dinner. That's when they can take you out to breakfast the next day. You know, what else happens? Obviously, they try to show you everything. They try to make sure you meet with everybody, you know, put you in with uh, you know, academic advisors, stuff like that. Just try to get as many people as possible uh, in front of your face so you can get a sense of what your entire academic experience is going to be like. Uh, and obviously the guys can take you out, and that 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 is for them. And so, what happens? Those well, you know, that's between the you know the players and the and the recruit and whatnot. And so, you just hope they don't get in trouble. Um, so, yeah, I, I, that that is as far as I understand it is that they are just the the biggest difference in official and in unofficial is what you're allowed to pay for, and in particular, you're allowed to take them to dinner off campus on an official, where you're not allowed to do that on an unofficial. And football, of course, plays a great backdrop, whether Indiana wins or loses or the stadium is completely full or not. Uh, it's a great backdrop for the basketball players, the current team, the student section, uh, and obviously these these recruits that are on campus to kind of get a feel for what, I guess you'd say, student life is like maybe outside of basketball. And it's funny, I know that plays a factor into it, environments and fans and all that, but once these guys get to Indiana, they're so locked in on basketball or academics, they really probably don't have a lot of time to do as much fun stuff as what you think that uh, they might be able to. So, But I guess that backdrop of football is a big opportunity for teams to kind of showcase what the full school life, campus life is all about. Yeah, I mean, one, they find a way. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, not that, uh, obviously, the, the best teams are the ones that, that do lock in and, and don't get themselves uh, too deep into campus life. Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I'm not going to sit there and tell you that the, you know, 2012-13 guys were monks because they weren't, um, but they never got in trouble. You know, I mean, basically, like, you, you didn't see any anybody get, uh, you know, in any kind of, um, you know, Training issues or whatever until the following season, but the team that really won, you know, you, you didn't really have to worry about those guys. They, they didn't get in trouble. Uh, and so, you know, obviously, you get, these guys live, I mean, like, they obviously have a campus life. It's not like they're not talking to girls or anything. Um, you know, they, they, they find a way to, to have some fun on campus, but you do get a sense of, you know, what it is going to be like and, and how you're going to be treated around the school. And, and then there is the part of it that's just, you know, Indiana is obsessed, and, you know, basically they're, they're going to know who the basketball recruits are that come to the football game, and they're going to find a way to make sure that you feel 
welcome there and, and feel like, um, you know, everybody knows your name and everybody really wants you to come there. Uh, and so that the, the red carpet is rolled out as much as it possibly can be, and that's what I think they've always found. If there's some, you know, uh, schools that aren't like that, where obviously the football is the biggest deal and, you know, some of the basketball guys, or at least the basketball recruits, can come to campus and not be noticed. Uh, and where at Indiana, it's very much not like that. Obviously, guys like Liam McNeely are going to other schools, where that's also the case. Obviously, it's been to Kansas. Um, and so that's another place that's similar in terms of the basketball versus football priority. Um, where if you're bigger than you know, if you're bigger than the football team, it's a different ball game. But you know, there's a lot of other places where they remember the football guys and they don't figure out who the basketball guys are until they get on campus and start playing. Um, but that's that's just always a big big sell for Indiana, as everybody knows. Um, and you know, I think just you know, one, one of the, the most interesting memories I have in terms of knowing what happened at an official because it showed up on uh, Twitter was when Victor Oladipo came out and they had a dunk contest at some frat house uh, with it was like him and Mo Creek and like so I got the stories from that years later obviously that you know everybody else was kind of hanging out in the frat house and Derek Elson was like then we look outside and Oladipo is dunking on the back in the backyard with Mo and we're like sure why not and so it became just a huge thing. Um, but stuff like that happens because it's just like everybody wants you to come to their parties and everybody wants to make sure that you know that the whole entire campus wants you to come there. Um, so that's what they're going to, they're going to feel. They're certainly going to feel that way in a football game. You know, people will notice the basketball guys and, you know, will maybe they'll chant their name, something like that. You know, like, and, you know, obviously there's going to be a group of, you know, IU basketball super fans that are students that are going to do everything they can to make sure that McNeely is aware that Indiana wants him there. Dustin Dopirak, the Indianapolis star with us. Good stuff on what an official visit is, some of the differences between an official visit and an official, uh, an unofficial and an official visit. And Dustin, before we let you go, I got to switch gears to football. Any takeaways from the IU loss to Ohio State? Uh, I thought it was hard to make a, a, a whole bunch out of it. Indiana didn't score the ball as far as touchdowns go, and I'm not sure exactly how good the Ohio State team is based on some of the projections. So as we head into week two in a must-win game for IU against Indiana State, any thoughts on Hoosier football? Sure. I mean, I, 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 mean, I was certainly impressed uh, defensively, and I thought they were definitely better than I expected. Like you said, you know, Ohio State's still putting it together. Obviously, they've got a new quarterback, Kyle McCord, um, but that's, that's still a really, really talented team. I mean, you, you've seen those guys, you know, there's just the skill position guys. Oh, I say, oh, obviously they're, they're, they're replacing a, a, a significant portion of their offensive line, including Ben Davis' zone, DeWan Jones, uh, who was also a basketball player extraordinaire at 300 pounds and just darn near took the, took the bucket down at Gainbridge for Indiana All-Stars. But, you know, they, there is a little bit of a, of starting over for them, but they still have, you know, again, Mayan Williams, Sheridan Henderson, running back. Uh, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr., who you could very well be the number one overall pick uh, in this draft, depending on who's picking first. He's going to be the first wide receiver taken, I'm sure. Uh, they held up to two catches and 18 yards. I mean, that's really impressive. Uh, you know, Kate Stover beat him up a little bit for 5-98. and 98. Um, but they did a good job of keeping those wide receivers from really cutting them up. So I, mean, I thought that spoke well. For the defense, I thought several transfers uh, on the defensive end played well. Andre Carter, uh, for instance, really stood out to me. Obviously, the guy from Western Michigan, Aaron Casey, uh, really stepped up with Cam Jones moving on. Uh, you know, he had 11 tackles, one for loss. I thought he really stood out. Lewis Moore, I thought, did a really good job in the back in the uh, defensive backfield. You know, Phillips Dunham, uh, Kobe Miner, I thought, did some really good work uh, playing pass defense. 
So I, I was impressed by what they were secondary-wise because they finally had to flip that thing. You know, a lot of those guys that were on that 2020 team were still around last year. Tyron Mullen, uh, Devin Matthews, Devon Matthews, Monster. I mean, those guys were, you know, really, really talented, really experienced, did a lot of winning. And they've had to move, move on and really flip that group. Uh, and I thought it still really performed pretty well. So that's important. Obviously, a quarterback, they're still in a mess. I mean, uh, offensively, you know, didn't get much done at all. It took them a while to, to get anything going as far as the passing game was concerned. So, you know, and, you know, running game, they're just okay. I mean, I think Jalen Lucas is a home run hitter, but, you know, you don't know what you're going to get him when he's an every down back. Um, and, you know, he, he can go deep sometimes, but he's not always going to do that because he's not that big. Uh, you know, I guess just Jackson and Sorsby just looked okay to me. Sorsby had a couple decent throws. Jackson completed exactly one pass uh, for 24 yards. And so I just, you know, you don't see the passing game right now, and if you don't, you know, if you're not good at quarterback, it's really, really hard to win uh, in, in football these days. I mean, like, it's it's past the point that you could survive on somebody who's not really giving you much uh, at that position. You know, they, they need a lot more, uh, you know. So, obviously, you know, it, it'll be a much different week against Indiana State, and then it'll be a flip situation going on. From there, uh, when you start getting a more uh, a schedule that kind of more fits who they are, obviously Ohio State's obviously beyond them, and they should be beyond Indiana State. Uh, then you get into Louisville, that I think is going to be a really telling game on September 16th uh, at uh, Lucas Oil and uh, Akron. And then you get into Big Ten play after that. And that's when you're going to get better chance of better sense of who this team is. But again, the the quarterback situation is obviously very concerning because if you don't, uh, if you can't really throw the ball in the college football right now, it's really really hard to win. Yeah, Dustin Dopierak, the Indianapolis Star, with us. Lots of questions about IU football as we head into Week 2 and the Indiana State game coming up. Dustin, thanks as always for the chat. Uh, we'll talk next week. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me. All right, uh, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450, the Thornton's text line. If you got a question or comment, we'll turn the attention to high school football here and local sports in just a moment with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. But always great to have Dustin Dopirak with us here on Wednesdays. We cover a lot of ground when it comes to basketball and football. We'll head to a break. We're back with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, getting ready for week three of high school football, rolling along here in fall sports. We are in southern Indiana and not far away from basketball season. It'll be here before you know it. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Wednesday edition of the program. Always glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. He's with me each week in this segment. And, Josh, we are headed into another week of high school football, week three of the season. And I've got a couple games that stand out to me, but Floyd Central and Seymour both teams 2-1. and one. It's a Hoosier Hills Conference game. Seymour's third conference game of the season. It's just the first game for the Highlanders. I think that's one to watch to see if Floyd Central is the real deal. 
Yeah, I think that's definitely the game, uh, the best game of the week, uh, or the best game of Friday night in this area. Um, just because, you know, like you said, Seymour's two and one, and, and uh, uh, Floyd Central's two and one. But but really, you know, this this is this game's going to go a long way toward deciding the Hoosier's conference. I think because both teams, you know, I, I would say that both teams are right up there among the top. You know, Seymour's one of the one of the defending champs along with Bedford, so. Um, you know, I think uh, it'd be huge if, if Floyd Central could get this victory. And, you know, it might it might help them. Uh, you know, go on and win the conference. Uh, this is uh, you know a revenge game too for Floyd because this is one of those games that they lost them on, on the on the last play last year. Seymour uh, uh, threw a threw a hail mary and uh, got a touchdown on the last play of the game. So you know, kind of kind of. Uh, uh, similar to what Floyd did uh, a couple weeks ago against Terre Haute South, so we'll see if uh, Floyd can get revenge and, and maybe you know this this could help them uh, on its way to uh, you know maybe getting a Hoosier Hills Conference title. Uh, but I would say this this game is really really important for for both teams, but uh, you know especially Floyd if it wants to uh, be in contention for the conference title, and uh, you know it would be huge too for momentum going into the rest of the season as well for the Highlanders. I agree. Josh, let me sum up my thoughts on high school football. You can see if you agree, disagree, what your thoughts are. But to me, Providence, we'll see here soon if they're the real deal soon. Week four when they take on a solid Charlestown team. To me, they're at the top of my list uh, as an undefeated team should be here in the area right now. Then I've got Charlestown behind them. The Pirates have taken on some pretty good competition uh, specifically Brownstown, they're only lost, but they are 2-1, and one, so I've got hopes that the Pirates can put together a nice season. The Floyd Central deal, I think a lot of it will depend on their performance this weekend. New Albany, unknown, still trying to figure out who New Albany is, what they're going to be, and what their season could be like. Uh, those are the top four teams the way I see it at this moment. I'm sure there are some things that could be shifted around or debated. There are some teams maybe below those teams that maybe they'll have resurgence, maybe they won't. But is that a fair breakdown of maybe the, the top four teams in the area so far? Uh, yeah, I think so. And you mentioned Charlestown. They've got a big game uh, this this Friday night. They play at North Harrison, which is off to a really good start, too. It's North Harrison's 3-0, and and they've, uh, you know, they're kinda, they've outscored their opponents kind of similar to what Providence has done. And so, you know, North Harrison's off to a really good start. So this, this is... This is a big game. You know, I'm sure North Harrison is really looking forward to this game. So, um, you know, I, I think that that's another big one uh, this weekend. And yeah, you mentioned Providence. Obviously, you know they're uh, you know they've got really two tough games. I think the rest of the year. You know, not, not to look ahead too much, but yeah, Charlestown next week, and then uh, their regular season finale is, is North Harrison. So. You know, again, it wouldn't surprise me uh, to see Providence go go undefeated in the regular season. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, you never know what can happen. Those two games will, will go a long way toward toward uh, seeing if that happens or not. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, joining us as we talk local sports here in the area. I mentioned earlier Romeo Langford at the IU game over the weekend. He's been back in town recently. Got a new opportunity with the Jazz. And the NBA season is going to be here before you know it. It's going to be interesting to see how that works out for him. Yeah, definitely very interesting to see how it works out for him. Uh, and I believe 
Uh, training camp's got to be starting soon because I think they're um, the Jazz. The Jazz has an exhibition game on October eighth, maybe. So you know, training camp's got to be right around the corner. Uh, you know, it probably I assume it starts after the the uh, the World Cup is over, and and uh, yeah, timing wise, I think that would make sense. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, real excited to see uh, see Romeo get another chance. You know, hopefully. Hopefully it works out for him. You know, everybody around here, obviously, is going for for the young man who's only, you know, still 23 years old. So hopefully hopefully it works out. You know, they, they're, uh, you know, it's an opportunity, I think, where he might get some more playing time. You know, it's not, they aren't they aren't quite as, as, as pitiful as the, the Spurs were the last couple of years. But, uh, you know, it, it, this could be a team that, that maybe could make a, make a push and, and get in the playoffs uh, maybe you know as a, as a eight or nine you know see, you know how they, they have the play-in games now so they might be able to work their way into the to a 10 seed maybe uh see how that goes for them but yeah i'm excited to see see him get that opportunity uh hopefully hopefully he can take advantage of it and uh you know he, he just needs to 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 find to find his kind of niche and uh and you know, hopefully that that's uh, that's Utah. You know, he's, he's he's struggled shooting the ball in his in his pro career in the NBA. So hopefully, you know, hopefully that his shooting stroke comes around and he's able to, uh, you know, to find in Utah and, and be a valuable contributor out there. All right, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Lots of coverage of local sports in the daily print edition of the News and Tribune. And, of course, you can read everything at newsandtribune.com slash sports. Again, newsandtribune.com slash sports. Josh, great to catch up. Excited about high school football and where we're headed. And uh, we'll see if the Pioneers and uh, some of these teams we discussed today can continue on in successful ways as we head to the middle point of the high school football season very soon. So thank you, Josh. Oh, thank you, Matt. Appreciate it and have a great day. All right, Josh, always with us Wednesdays as we put the attention on local sports. We try to do that a handful of times throughout the week, whether it's Josh on Wednesdays, Chad Gilbert on Mondays, or having high school football and some of the basketball coaches and others at times with us here on the program. That's going to wrap things up for this Wednesday program. If you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. Have a great Wednesday. Back with you Thursday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.